listening to? Uh, this week, uh, Nolan, Nolan's back in town. He kind of got me hooked on this daily. Me and Nolan send each other daily puzzle games back and forth. Um, we just should so show our results to each other. Um, we play Connections from uh, The Times. Uh, if you've never played Connections, it's kind of a little fun game. You get 16 words, and you got to figure out how uh, four out of the 16 words go together in one category, the other four, the other four, the other four, and just basically figure out what's the categories that they fall into. So some might be synonyms for each other. Other might be there's like a word that often follows after it or something like that, or others might be, you know, um, these are all associate. These are all words that are associated with the sport of baseball or whatever. Right. Um, and so you figure that out. And so me and Nolan have been sending that back and forth to each other for probably like six months, um, at least. Uh, we do it pretty much every day. And so recently, Nolan has been sending me, um, or he got me on another game where it's it's Spottle, is what it's called. And so you have Spotify. Um, Spotify's top 1,000 artists, and you play it like you play Wordle. Um, and so what you do is um, you take a guess at an artist, and it'll give you six six hints. So the first hint is um, is the gender of your artist, so male, female, non-binary also counts, or a mixed group. Okay. Um, then uh, over from that is group size. Um, so if it's solo artist, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten members in the band. Next to that one, uh, your third clue is uh, the ranking overall on Spotify's artist list. Now, I don't feel like that number list makes any sense to me because there have been people that I like because it'll give you an up or down arrow. So it'll say, OK, so uh, if you guess. Miley Cyrus, it'll give you an up arrow to say that this person is more popular than Miley Cyrus, or it'll give you a down arrow because that person is less popular than Drake, who's the number one most popular artist on the list, right? Um, and so, <laughs> is that got, true? Yes, Drake is the most popular person on Spotify. Wow, yep. Um, so, so it does that, then, uh, bottom left, there's like squares so there's there's genre so you have to guess it within the genre music um nationality so um and if you get it on the continent that it's on um then you get like uh it'll be yellow so like the other day i guessed audrey uh, we were trying to figure out there was like a male pop artist that we couldn't figure out um, and so she told me to guess Michael Buble, um, which we knew that the guy was American, but Michael Buble is apparently Canadian. He's Canadian. Yeah. I didn't know he's he was from Canadian. Vancouver. Didn't know. Um, and then the last one is their debut album year. So that one also has an up or down arrow. Um, and if you get it within, uh, five years and the hint turns yellow. So for example, I did not get today's answer because I did not. I don't even know who the artist is. So this is kind of what it looks like is. So as you guess people, um, Calvin Harris was the one. No, Calvin oh. Harris was not the answer, but I was just, I was wasting guesses at this point. Cause I couldn't, well, actually, so I, so originally every time, and this is who, 
this is a long story to tell you that I've been listening to Train a lot recently because <laughs> Train is my first guess every single time. The reason why I chose Train was they they just happened to be the person that popped in my head the first time, but they get pop out of the way for me. They get mail out of the way for me. They get the United States out of the way for me. And then they kind of have like a – their 381 is their listener rank. So uh, so I know that I got to find somebody that's less popular or more popular than Train. The group size is seven, which it doesn't give you an up or down arrow for group size, which I wish that it does. That's probably the biggest downside of, to picking Train. And then uh, their debut album is 1998, and I feel like that's a pretty good in between where it's like, okay, I got to guess somebody within more recent years and as opposed to people that are uh, behind on that. So I went from there, from pop, and then I was like, okay, it's a female artist, but I need to get somebody in the group size one. <laughs> I didn't think that she would be classified as pop, but I was – but that's okay. So I went Gwen Stefani. Um, I mean, it's pop music. I'll, I'll give it to that. But would No Doubt be considered pop? Pop's not. No, No Doubt's. Uh, I think I was looking for alternative was yeah. what I was hoping for. So uh, No Doubt's like uh, punk ska. It's like this very unique Orange County kind of punk ska kind of thing. So then I went Casey Musgraves because I wanted to see if it was country. And again, it's a solo artist. And... I was getting closer, but it wasn't country. So then I was like, I don't know. Uh, and I, and then I was like, okay, let me tr- see if I can find the year. It wasn't Billie Eilish. And so I was like, okay, hip hop. So I guess Iggy Azalea. I knew that Iggy Azalea is from Australia, but I just wanted to look. Then I th- had a throwaway guess because I didn't know who this person was, but it wasn't Latin music. Then I guess somebody that I thought was somewhere later, which was Sia. And apparently she's pop music. I was looking for R&B. And then at this point, I just started guessing. I was like, Paramore. It wasn't rock. I guess Calvin Harris because I didn't know a female electronic singer or whatever, but that wasn't it. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, and then I guessed Halsey as my final guess because I was like, whatever, I'm done with this. And it turned out to be SZA, who's, no an, R- who's an R&B artist. So. That game sounds very interesting, but I think I would fail miserably. Well, I fail miserably and. Hopefully to all of our listeners out there, you don't judge me too harshly. But I uh, I openly admit that uh, I have a 95% chance that I'm listening to a male artist when I'm listening to music. So anytime that a female artist pops on, I'm like, nope. All right. I got like 20 people that I know. That's why you like worship music. <laughs> oh. um, but no, in all seriousness, listening to Train a lot recently, and that's been a lot of fun for me. Um, a lot of people like trains earlier stuff, which I do like, uh, if you're a drops of Jupiter fan, meet Virginia is one of my favorite, uh, train songs. I love that song so much. Um, but really actually, uh, when I was in college, I really liked, um, the album bulletproof Picasso. Um, and I've listened to, I've listened to all of trains albums. Um, and bulletproof Picasso is one of my favorites. Um, not every song on that album is good just so we're clear i was like they're a pop they're a pop band yeah like um so you're gonna listen to it if you go and you listen to it but there are there are gems in there that that i listened to quite often when i was um in college so that's kind of been fun revisiting that because i think it was just kind of like a dead album to me for a long time but i listened to it so much and then uh, started listening to it this last week and I was like, Oh, I miss this. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, and I think that happens with music. There's just times in your lives where like you, you played it a bunch and 
and you fall out of love with the, that band or not even out of love, but you go and listen to other stuff and then eventually you come back and you're like, oh, man, this was good. Yeah. And I remember why I like that. So uh, that's what I've been doing with Train recently. So it's been good. How about you? Uh, I well, you it was playing when you came in tonight. I've been listening to Guns, and, Guns Roses, and Roses, specifically their Use Use Your Illusion one and two albums, specifically the second of the two albums because it's the best, better of the two, I think. Um, although they are, I, those albums are spectacular in every form of that word. They are. There's some really g- genius music on there. It's also just the epitome of Guns N' Roses. It that album is complete excess. There's a lot of crap on it. It's it's a band at the peak of out of control. Um, there's three or four songs that are. You mean to ba- tell me that Axl Rose was out of control? <laughs> it wasn't just him, but it, it's the peak out of control. Guns N' Roses. Three or four of those so- the songs on there, I think, are like are about blood feuds they have with somebody in the music industry. Um, I mean that album is a cautionary tale to just band excess, and they, you know, they flamed out. I would, it, it seemed, they flamed out around that time of that album. That album came out. Their peak had 92? really, yeah, their their peak had really been before then. Like I, there wasn't, I think, because the big, the big tour they did was for, um the previous album well actually what's technically wasn't the previous album so they they have their big debut um that one's really good then they have an uh ep that comes out or an lp that comes out that's got like six or seven songs most of them or all of them acoustic that's the one that patience is on there's a troubling song on there (laughs) even at the time it was a little i remember getting into trouble where uh, Axel uses the N-word in a song. <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, but that was a good album. And then The lead singer for ACDC said the N-word? What the heck? <laughs> and then um, and then this album comes out. And it's, a, it's like I said, there's some spectacular stuff on there. But they they are out of control. No one's in control of them, apparently, including the record label. And... If they had had a produ- strong-willed producer and um, that they could have worked with, that could that album could have those two albums could have been distilled into one of the great music albums of all time. Right. There's just uh, again, there's a lot of crap, but there's about eight or nine, maybe twelve, just crackers, the crack cracking great songs, crackers. Cra- that, um, wow, you're using the derogatory term <laughs> well, for white people now. Okay. Well, they all are crackers. Like, well, I guess except Slash, who's half cracker. Uh, um, it's just, it's a shame that band, that album is illustrative of the band. The album is illustrative of the band itself, where that band really could have been one of the great uh, rock bands of all time. It could have been like the Rolling Stones of this generation are just passing the mantle and continuing hard rock, I think, for another 10, 15, 20 years if they wanted to. But they were just, you know, yes, Axl Rose was the main problem. They certainly had other band members with drug problems. Um, yeah, and then Kurt Cobain killed himself. It and just then they wasn't were like, meant to be. Axl Rose was like, son of a bitch, stole my line. No, well, actually, those albums overlapped. Um, oh, I know. I was, I remember working 
I was I had a temp job, but it was like a it ended up being like a nine month temp job. I was I was processing rebates for yeah. Then I don't think it was ninety two. I think it was ninety one. Yeah, I think it's a little earlier because I had a I had a CD. I was working at a oh, temp yeah. job processing paperwork. And they let me listen to music. You couldn't music. decide which album you wanted to listen no, to. I listened to <laughs> I listened to three albums over and over again. I listened to Rattle and Hum. I listened to Nirvana's debut album, and I listened to Use Your Illusion One and Two. What is and that? Was it just over and over and over and over again? What is Nirvana's debut album called? I really should know the answer to this. It's I mean it. Assuming the one with the baby in the pool is the is that that's where it gets a little tricky because some of these bands you know like the album that you're aware of that makes that the hit is not the debut album but I think that one is the debut album. Um, hey, listen, I I don't actually know. I've been I've seen I know this. Andy's yelling at the. At I've the, seen the Nirvana. Uh, 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 I've seen the Nirvana Black, golly, like exhibit at the Met in, not the Met, yeah, the Metro, in, um, in Seattle. So, like, I should know what it is. But trust me when I say when you're there in the middle of the summer, everyone and their mother is in the Nirvana <laughs> exhibit the entire time. So it's not like you get to walk around and read every single thing, you know, and there's only like 10 people in the exhibit. There's like 150 people all trying to learn about Nirvana at once. And you're just like, what? okay, I was right on one thing and wrong on another. The, their debut album was bleach. Oh, okay. But the album where they hit big with the baby, Swimming after the dollar bill in the water is never mind. Yeah, never mind. That's right. Uh, but I know bleach and I know never mind. So, and then in utero after that, and then I think everything after that was pretty much just like compilations the rest of the band put together, or some live stuff that they cobbled together after the the after he died. Um. Which, by the way, also I do want to say, for anybody that ever wants to go to Seattle, I highly recommend checking out the Metropolitan Museum because, and especially if you're a fan of grunge music, they do a rotating grunge exhibit. Um, so, like, for three months it's Nirvana, then another three months it's uh, it's Pearl Jam, another three months it's Alice in Chains, another three months. They have, like, exhibits for all of the the Seattle sound um, for rock and roll music that cool. goes in a rotation. So I know that's something that barks up yours and Andy's tree. Cause it's just fun and cool. You can see all the memorabilia that people have donated over the years and all that kind of stuff. So they just have it dedicated to, they have an exhibit that's dedicated to grunge and that exhibit is right next to the Jimi Hendrix exhibit. And they also have a history or a, a hip hop uh, unit that encircles them both. So they're both kind of like, there's a music section and the three exhibits that are always the Jimi Hendrix one is a staple. It's always there. And then they have the hip hop one, which is always there. And then they have um, a rotating grunge exhibit uh, that goes through. Yeah. There's a show on, that just dropped on Netflix. I don't know what it was originally broadcast on. It's called louder milk. Um, it seems like an FX show. It's a half hour comedy. It's a dark comedy though. Uh, it's Ron Livingston who uh, was in band of brothers and, office space and some other stuff 
He plays a recovering alcoholic who's leading an AA group, uh, but he's a former. It's set in Seattle. He's a former music critic, and so there's a lot of aspects of the show that are really good. But one of the things is interesting are these obscure bands that even I know. Are like, oh, I remember that band. I remember that band that that, that he talks about back in the day, partying with or um, reviewing their album or something. So, I think they have a Soundgarden exhibit too. I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Sound Soundgarden was yeah, they were huge. And I think and Soundgarden I think Soundgarden Soundgarden's kind of weird. They're they kind of they're not pure grunge. There's like a like, like a heavy metal element to them. They I think are the oldest of the bands that survived. I mean, some of the bands that made it in the 90s ended up being like three iterations of other bands that broke like technically Pearl Jam is was originally another band and then that band broke up and then or somebody yeah. died and that kind of thing. I think Soundgarden's one of them that's an they all were together and they started like way like like early like mid early 80s. Like I think they they'd been together the longest too if I remember right. They'd been they didn't just start in like 97 or 87 or something. I think they'd been um around earlier but that's crazy and also two things that i've learned from spottle this game that we play is one the the peppers are an early 80s band yes they they were a college band before they became popular which is insane to me because what what the general synopsis is and i i guarantee you ask anybody if they were to put a time frame on when the peppers were a band they'll say the 90s like just the general populace they'll be like oh yeah that's a sound from the 90s or even early thousands like i don't even necessarily i don't equate them they were like 82 like is when they first had their debut album yeah uh look yeah i mean they were i think they were and their sound is not 80s music. Like, if you think the 80s, you're not thinking... No, no, no. That, you that, don't think the Peppers. That's why I, they were kind of like a, an underground Los Angeles college band. Um, and got a kind of a cult following. Because remember, in the first point break, point break that comes out in late, like, 89, 90, somewhere around there... Uh, Anthony Kiedis is popular enough within the Hollywood folks that he's in. Oh, that's funny. he's one of the bad guys in. He shoots his foot off in uh, in a scene. So um, and Flea had been acting and stuff because these they had been known within Hollywood circles, within LA circles and stuff like that. I mean, that's for all funny. I know, they've been playing like pe- people's bar mitzvah, like rich uh, Los Angeles people's bar kids bar mitzvahs because that happens where families somebody will pay a famous or semi-famous band like $30,000 yeah, to but play then you watch Chad Mitzvah. Smith's video of him like drumming uh, that song and you're just like holy hell this is there's so I much talent right. there is so much talent on the Peppers Soundgarden was an American band formed in Seattle Washington in 1984 by wow lead singer Chris Cornell lead guitarist Kim Thile and bassist Hiro Yamamoto so three quarters of the band started, uh, and that that trio was the band throughout its existence. So well, yeah, they wanted... started in '84 and were. It's funny 
I'm sure there's some book con- books or book or books already written about grunge that I need to pick up and read just to figure out how that whole thing came about. Well, and then the second thing that I learned is Dave didn't even wait for Kurt's body to be cold yet before he started the Foo Fighters. Oh no, he was out. <laughs> I was like Foo Fighters 98 and I was like, well, he wasn't gonna get stuck with that dumbass bassist who, at the yeah. MTV Music Awards or the Grammys, threw his bass up in the air and hit himself in his in the head. So I was, I can't I, remember that dude's name. I was that six foot four yeah. goofy bass player. I was watching, or I was, uh, I missed the Foo Fighters question, um, or the I missed it on on Spottle because I was like. I didn't think that they were formed in 98. I was like, no way. And then when they popped up, I was like, what? So I missed that. I missed that day because I was like, what the heck? So, I mean, that's the hard part about the debut album where it's just like. You know what? That brings up a fantastic <laughs> theoretical. Because I think part of, well, Dave, when Kurt Cobain died, it was just, I mean, he was the band that you everyone... You mean when he was murdered? Yeah. <laughs> when, when he demised, uh, he was the band. I mean, that's what people loved because it was, you know, it's him singing and I, well, I think it was largely, either largely was or was perceived to be his lyrics. I don't know, I don't know how much it was a loss of the band Nirvana. But I think we everyone felt I, I do I do think everyone felt cheated that the band didn't get to continue. But your thing about Grohl is a great point. Like that band wasn't gonna last long anyway. I mean if, if we've learned about Grohl and how good of a, a a musician he is, at some point he was gonna be like, look guys, this has been great and everything, but I gotta go do my own thing. Yeah, I guess I, so. I'm not going to just sit back here and drum. So, I don't know how long Nirvana would have lasted Lasted anyway. Okay, so... but at, also, So then it would have just become the Kurt Cobain experience. Yeah, that's fair. He would have gone solo. Yeah, it would have been the Kurt Cobain experience. <laughs> so I got, I got four artists off a of Spottle, and I want you... I want you to tell me where you think their their ranking is initially and where it goes from there, okay? Okay. Okay, so again, we only have the top 1,000. No, this is important. Okay? Miley Cyrus, where do you think Miley Cyrus ranks in, uh, on the top 1,000 artists on, uh, on Spotify? 72. 72. Okay. Okay. I feel like I'm playing Price is Right. <laughs> No, that uh, that's basically what it is every single time. Okay, uh, next artist is Avicii. I don't even know who that is. Okay, but Avicii. You know what? I'm gonna go crazy you know, here. And go- no, you know what? No, 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 no. Wait, you probably know this song. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna play this real quick. If the audio sounds terrible, that's okay. Just hold uh, up to your mic. Yeah. Uh, don't play it longer for 15 seconds so we didn't get sued. I know, I know. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I was like, Avicii's dead, so it doesn't matter. He died in 2016, which maybe that might change your... Or 2017, maybe? He died? I don't know. 
I think he died. He died in... Died... Yeah, I don't remember. Wow, that's a damn good beer. <laughs> Sorry. I know. It's... <laughs> um, while I'm pulling that up, okay, let's go with another artist. Um, John Mayer. Oh... Uh, 98. 98? Okay. Uh, Justin Timberlake. <sighs> that one's a hard one. Uh, okay, so wait. Uh, you said 72? 72, 72, 73 for uh, Miley Cyrus. 53. For Justin Timberlake? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then this is Avicii. This is like on like every Target. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's not the one singing, by the way, right? Like that's fine, but I know that song. That's a catchy song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great song. Uh, in fact, that played somewhere recently where you and I were out somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I was uh, like, oh, yeah, I heard this all. Okay, so by the way, you had seventy-two for Miley Cyrus. You had fifty-three for uh, Justin Timberlake. You had ninety something for ninety-seven, uh, I think, or ninety. Yeah. Okay. That song alone, uh, oh boy. 122 for that one. Okay. Avicii is ranked 54. Yeah, I was like, I, I'm probably going too high, but I don't, I'm not. After being dead for like five of course. years. The next most popular artist is Miley Cyrus at 103. Okay. I'm not surprised. The next most popular artist is John Mayer at 112. And coming in at 126 is Justin Timberlake. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not I'm not stunned by the Justin hasn't done anything in a while, right? So I'm not surprised that he's the highest. I'm surprised he I guess Miley had the Flowers song that was really popular there for a minute. Well, wasn't she popular like two years ago? I mean, she did. Yeah, like, there was like the, the thing where like her boyfriend. She got super skinny again, and what was what was the, the she Hems, did like the, the Hemsworth brother drama? She wrote a song about one of the Hemsworth brothers dissing her or whatever. Um, Can we ban all musicians writing about famous people? Well, because that would re- that would eliminate John so Mayer's she, entire. Hers was actually kind of fun career, because so I can't say that was because uh, Liam Hensworth said after they broke up that uh, it was like a Bruno Mars song. He was like, "Oh, this is how I feel," and she inverted the Bruno Mars song to basically say like. I can do all that shit myself. Like, I don't need you. <laughs> so there's a Bruno Mars song that was like, I should have bought you flowers and should have held your hand. I should have took you dancing or whatever. But now she's dancing with another man. And she literally wrote a song that said, I can buy myself flowers. I can hold my own hand. Yes, you can. And, you, <laughs> and you'll be tired and bitter and lonely and as, as old, <laughs> whatever. an old and spinster woman. And so. all the ladies love the hell I'm out of sure that I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Yeah, and there was a big... Every, everyone's, everyone loves it when they sound powerful and then there's, and so they go home and feel alone and, and so miserable. Until they have to go home and open the pickle jar by themselves. 
feel miserable. Is it's that, just me and my kitty. There is a trend on TikTok where uh, where wives were singing that songs in front of their husbands, and then uh, and then they the wives would and the husbands would obviously be on the joke because then there's also them struggling to open like a pickle <laughs> jar and they have to ask their husband to do it after they just sang that song in their face. Um, so it's all good fun, but I still was very surprised. I mean, you say that Justin Timberlake hasn't come out with anything in a while. Uh, my wife went to the Man of the Woods tour in 2017, so I guess it's not. But uh, Can't Stop the Feeling was on the Trolls thing, and that's like one of the biggest pop hits. That was like the number one I know, song. Of like, I know. I don't know. Just crazy. So I, I, think, I think music. And Avicii being 50 is insane to me, but... I don't think I fully understand how big I'd like electronic know, music is. I'd like, like to know what how their algorithm works. Like, can one song vault someone into the top fifteen, or is it like, is it just that? Is it just pure plays? And if it's one song somebody's got and everyone's playing it all the time, and how volatile is that top one thousand? Well, and listen, I own an Avicii album. Like when I was in. Uh, I own that particular album. Right. Uh, I own that one, and I liked it. I listened to it. I had it in my car. Um, the, the, figuring out like how high some, they are on the thousand—that that's a crapshoot. Because I, I, right? I, I, I mean, I kind of figured. I kind of figured. I feel actually, I guess that pretty well because you know you're stabbing in the dark. Like, all right, where where is Cyrus going to come in? And then I pegged everything like that. I mean. The only thing that really surprises me, other than getting the actual number wrong, is that Timberlake out distance is above Mare. Yeah. That's the only thing that surprises me. And then the Invece thing, I was like, I'm gonna go higher, but I'm probably I should probably But you're juke, shooting in the dark. I should probably juke the other way and go lower and be that one's the highest of the four. Um But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, in terms of I could see Timberlake above Miley, but for him to be above John Mayer surprises me because, I mean, John's been putting out music lately, but he hasn't put out like a kick-ass, he hasn't put out like a big hit album in a while. He's basically just gone into F you everybody mode, I'm going to do what I want to do. He did like a country album, and then he did another, uh, like a folksy album, and then the last album he did was basically like... 80s kind of pop rock album and they're all really good and every time he does stuff i marvel at how well he can throw himself into a music genre and do it but he's not if this isn't like well, room John- for squares and and some of the other first of the first couple albums he did where he was like every 16 girls year old girls dream and he was selling out you know you listen to his concerts on the uh uh, the Room for Squares. It's a double album. I think it's called Why Georgia, yeah. and it's it's just an entire. Uh, I think you know, like hundred thousand girls screaming, girls screaming on every song. And when he when he tells the room to sing, it's all a bunch of teenage girls. You can hear. There's no male voices. It's all girls. So yeah, uh, and which is funny because I think I think dudes fangirl over John Mayer more than girls do uh, for the music for sure. I think, but. My dad is a huge John Mayer fan. Uh, Teddy Salmon, also a huge oh, guitarist. I like, love him. Like, freaking, everybody's freaking in love with John Mayer. Like, dudes, 
and the problem I feel like the people that can't shut up and I think the problem and I think the problem is John knows it (laughs) (laughs) uh there's a movie that he's in at the oh yeah there's a movie I can't remember the name but of he it. dated Taylor Swift so that automatically jumps him up well like he's dated spots. everybody at this point I mean <laughs> and Katy Perry so and Katy Perry and no and Jennifer Aniston and uh there's a lot of them Jessica Simpson oh there we go that he Jessica Jessica Simpson as well like she acted in the movie you mean she walked in short shorts uh in yeah what was she it? played daisy duke well okay she hazard. was in two movies she was in that movie <laughs> i that's not the movie i was thinking of oh wow she's another one with uh dane it's either what's the douchey uh comedian dane it's it's i think it's dane a dane cook movie they're all basically working like at a Walmart, Sam's Club kind of thing. Nah, I've never seen it. It's not worth seeing. Uh, okay, so. Mm-hmm.